Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to episode 184. I had to check. Jesus, it's 100. It's 184. This episode. Can you believe that, Ian? You were on our first episode. I believe it. And here we are at episode 184 of Geekscape, your favorite movies, video games, and comic book podcast, where we talk about the latest news and reviews with a special guest. I'm Jonathan London. Gilmore is back with us over here on the left side, and uh, here we've got Ian Kerner, who from our first episode, he's been with us several times. The first title bearer of our favorite co-host of the year. Woo! And you know what? It's getting close to the end of the year, and we're going to be asking you guys to name your favorite co-host from the year, and Ian is right up there as a candidate. Well, I was just thinking it's what's probably stacked against me is, remember he was all, oh, once a month? Once a month, once a month. And then didn't hear from him again for like three months. Well, we were on track record, then I got married, and then we started doing Comic-Con. It was the marriage that got in the way. It, it was the marriage that got in the way. I'm Gets sorry. in the way a lot of things. That was the most important thing. <laughs> but, but here we are. Um, we, we can do once a month with you, Ian. Um, but yeah, after Comic-Con, it was like, more people who we met at Comic-Con wanted to come on. Last right. week we had Frankie Pelito. I fell down to the bottom of the list. I get yeah. it. And you did appear on a Comic-Con episode. So guys, those, I did, those I people did. are in contention. That was almost the funniest shit. The Comic-Con episode when he shows up behind the shirts and is like, hey guys. <laughs> he has like a little window. Hey, how's it going? It almost made it convincing that Ian is actually a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see the strings? So guys, we have a ton of stuff to get through today. Um... The new movie Red, based on the Warren Ellis graphic novel, sorta, is out. Uh, I went and saw Jackass 2. We have our impressions of the first two episodes of Walking Dead. Um, we got a ton to get through. Ian, how do you want to tackle this? You want to just talk about Red first and just knock that well, one out? Yeah, we usually knock the movie okay. thing out first. So Red is the brand new movie. It's got um, Bruce Willis in it, John Malkovich, um, Her- Helen Mirren, um, what's her name? From um, Mary Louise Parker. Mary Louise Parker. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. It's it's got a bunch. Carl of, Urban. Carl Urban. Uh, oh, hold on. There is a problem with the light today. It, it, if this talking. happened before the episode, Gilmore's over there. He's gonna fiddle with it with his little fiddle sticks. Um, We're not talking about Gilmore masturbating. Gilmore, what are you doing over there? What, what is your tactic for fixing? Oh, how did, now how did you do that? Talk about the magic real quick. That you I did saw him bend over for a second. <laughs> suddenly the lights came on. The light, is, to get the light is coming out of his ass. Um, so guys, um, it's got that list of older actors, and the whole plot is about a retired special force, it's like CIA agent. He's the top agent, Bruce Willis. Red and, stands for retired, extremely dangerous. Retired oh. and extremely dangerous, and all of a sudden they want to retire him for good, and they send agents to wipe him off, right? Maybe he was involved in something that they don't want any leaks uh, from, and, um, and the only thing is, he's an older guy. His only relationship is over the phone with someone who sends his retirement checks, and that's Mary Louise Parker. And uh, and so he talks for a while, like all the time on the phone. Right. He makes well, up excuses. He tears up the checks and calls and says they didn't get them, so he yeah. can call her. And so um, when he gets burned, and these people come to uh, to get rid of him, he knows that they're going to go after her next, being the only connection. So he uh, goes and meets her for the first time <laughs> after talking to her for so long. And kidnaps her, and then keeps her safe. You, you gave this the usual spoiler warning, right? Because you're yeah. just, you are yeah. telling. Yeah. Them no, no, but that's that's the beginning of the movie. But they got to get the gang back together. These older guys who are all like the red. Plot. Yeah, he's got to get the gang back together. He's not giving anything important and they have away. to find out who ordered the the burn on all of them. Right, right. right. Carl Urban's the guy in charge of bringing and, them out. And I have to say, before we get too deeply into it. Um, right away, it's deviating from the source material. Yeah. And it's something I really loved in the source material was. Kind of a similar setup, except in the source material, it's like the regime had just changed, and as soon as the new regime reads this guy knows and did all these things, it's like instantly this new guy goes, oh shit, we have to kill this guy. He right. can't just be out there. Right. And I always thought that was a really cool, like, oh my god, this guy just can't live with what he knows. And in this you know? one, there's a little bit of that, uh, but it, it, towards the end, you start to see that certain people are coming to power, or going for power, and they need to make right. sure that everybody... It's clean up, but yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's like they leave it more like a, we don't know why, but we have to deal with it right. kind of thing. Which is cool, because you, um, the information, especially the pacing of those opening scenes, are so well done, that you're learning everything you need to learn in a really uh, cool way. Yeah, and, it's and, fun. And, and, and that's really the thing that Ian said, and that I said when we walked out of the theater, uh, was that this movie was a lot of fun. Um, it's not going to blow you away on the level of some of these guys' bigger works. Um, you know what I mean? It's just a fun movie to go see. Is it fast-paced? It is fast-paced. A lot happens in the movie. Yeah. And you look out, you look, you look up, and you're like, "That was not a three-hour movie." It doesn't feel long, but you it know, feels like a lot happened. I have to say, I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and he actually was bored in parts. I was like, "Really?" I, and I, I'm, I'm shocked by this because I just thought it was really fun. I thought the pacing was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really feel it slowed down. But I right mean, as I would have a complaint similar to your friends, 
something else happened. Right. You yeah, what that's I mean? what I thought. Right when I was like, okay, let's try and get some more information. And and the cool thing about it, and you may have this sense from from the trailer, and some people may have rolled their eyes because there is a little bit of some of that that over the top, borderline campy action. But the whole setup that these guys are these retirees that are just so good actually makes it work. Mm-hmm. When they do the the thing that just should be like so impossible, you just buy it because mm-hmm. there's the, the, it's set up and like they're that cool. Yeah, and John Malkovich really piles up the body count. Yeah, but you know, In like a that, that, that could, but that could right. have failed. That's right. one of those tricky things. Where if you don't establish that the, that they're that good, you you know you might roll your eyes, and you don't roll your eyes here. And I think and I think the people who don't like this movie will like will not like it on those grounds. Will be yeah. like, okay, it was yeah. just a little too over ridiculous, the top. over the top. You know, in the same way that that I didn't like um, what was the movie with Clive Owen, Shoot 'Em Up. Mm-hmm. But I was like, eh, you know, if if you don't right. nail, if you don't nail those opening beats, if you don't earn it real early and and set these guys up as the best, the tone then. You're lo- you're lost for the next hour and a half. Right, but know? but the retired gunfire thing drives it. Mm-hmm. it. It makes it work. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, 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 I mean, like Unforgiven. Like you know, he's just cold, cool. He walks in, and just kills them all. So uh, Red is a really good movie if you want to watch on matinee, on like a like a Sunday. You know, if you that that would be my advice. It's like a right. really fun matinee that you don't yeah. feel like you wasted I, now, an evening. I, I had some quibbles. Right, there, there were some things I didn't like about it. Overall, I really enjoyed. What it. What didn't you like about it? Um. There's a there's an early twist with Morgan Freeman. I kind of expected yes. another twist later. And uh-huh. when uh, are we spoiling it? No, separate? no, it's not, we don't need to spoil okay. it. Okay, movie this one. But I understand what you're saying. I yeah. felt the character disappeared without any talk about it later. Mm-hmm. You know, and then um, the other twist at the end uh, about the bad guy. Yes, was not necessary, and I thought took away from the movie. Go in there knowing this. How does it stack up against uh, Mission Impossible Three? Is it an action-packed thrill ride? Mission Impossible 3 is a better movie. Okay. But Mission Impossible 3 was, again, very solid movie till the end. Right. You know, at, at the end, and I know that, you know, they ran out of money because some of the Redstone didn't want to get Tom Cruise any more money, uh, but it's a lackluster ending. Tom Cruise, fit as could be, rolling around with Big Fetz and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, who buys that? <laughs> how, how, that's a fight? Really? Yeah. No, really. Was, Them rolling around the street is a fight. And Spider-Man. Yeah. He just looks like a fat guy. Yeah. Excuse me. Kingpin. No, no, no. Have you seen the Kingpin, Kingpin working out? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. That guy's. Yeah. yeah. Come on. We all know about the Kingpin, but I'm just saying. Fat yeah. Guy versus skinny guy. There, you can make some assumptions. Well, guys, let me segue. Not the same. Let me segue. To, let me segue to the next movie that came out. Speaking of fat guys versus skinny guys and even short guys, uh, Jackass Two 3D or this Jackass Three D. <laughs> yeah, this is three. Whoa. Let me three D. Uh, let me fix that. Yeah, this Jackass Three D came out, and um, Laura wanted to see this. So we had ourselves a matinee on our day off. We went to see it on Friday. And um, I got to tell you, the 3D, you guys have seen the Jackass movies. It's literally literally just a sequence of these stunts that you watch until breaking point. And every time that the movie, you're like, okay, I can't watch this shit anymore. It ends, right? You know what I used to call it? It's like professional YouTube. Yeah, it's professional YouTube. There you go. Uh, The 3D element to this is phenomenal. I got to tell you, uh, James Cameron may be... uh, Getting angry about this 3D movie too, and the exploitation of the technology. But you know what? This is 3D at its best. <laughs> I got to so, tell well, you. Why? Let me tell. You, can I? Can I tell you guys some of the stunts? Yeah, Here's yeah, some small yeah. ones. Um, when you see uh, what is his name, Party Boy, or Chris Pontius, yep. and he's like, "Let me show you the helicopter," and he's naked. <laughs> You know, right. and you want the helicopter with the dick, and you swing it around. Oh, like the no, meat no. spin. Yeah, like the meat spin when you, where you spin your your penis around. Okay, you're gonna see that in 3D, but. They're actually going to tie a remote control helicopter to it by a string and have it flying around in front of you on the screen. And they do things where they get a 3D cam and they put it right next to a penis and they walk up to people and start peeing on them. It's phenomenal what they do with this technology. I got to tell you. <laughs> and then there's stuff that you know that they shoot stunt-wise that it just create. I mean, that's the thing with them. That's why they are professional YouTube because... They're creative, you know what I mean? They'll get Wee Man to go on a date in a bar with another uh, short person, little person, and then the little person, then her boyfriend shows up and he's a little person. They start a brawl. His gang comes. They're like, this is the guy who's with my girl. And then midget cops will come in and break it up. And then somebody will get hurt and the little person paramedics will come in. And this is is all, I mean, and the the the, the people in the bar are like, what the hell is going on? He's excited like a little boy. Oh, this movie is so amazing. much. I mean, every time you think that it can't get worse, 
it gets worse. Uh, you know, uh, they, what's the one thing? What was the stunt? There's that some brutal took? stuff. What's, what's in the here. most brutal? What's the most brutal one that someone could look forward to? It's like, oh, I want to see this in theaters in 3D because of the high this. fives are really funny because what is this? The high five in the trailer, you see. Uh, you see them put a giant hand behind a doorway and it's on a spring and it smacks whoever walks through the doorway. Like, hey oh, yeah, man, yeah. high five. Yeah. You see that on the trailer. Where, when, uh, what's his name gets hit with it? Um, what's his name? Uh, the Steve-o? dude. No, the, the, the dude who had the TV. Knoxville? No, the other guy who had the TV show. Uh, with his parents. Pontius? No, oh, uh, Bam Margera. When Bam gets hit by it in the trailer, it's not the best angle. Like, they saved the money shot. It's a, there's a profile angle that they put in the movie. This shit takes him off his damn feet. It is awesome. And just seeing these dudes wipe out like crazy. And again, um, the creativity of it. Like, you're, you're watching something and they get the they get the, um, the effects. Like, somebody's upside down and they've made a little, uh, they've made a little um, Viking around his mouth. And they're little, you know, they've, they've fitted his face in this little wasteland area. This little thing. And it looks like Dungeons and Dragons set up. And then they put a bunch of scorpions for his little Viking to fight. And the scorpions start clinging onto his face and attacking him. And he has these little swords. He's trying to swing them off. It's fucking ridiculous. And then you have somebody whose bare ass is sticking up through. Uh, there's a lot of penis, a lot of ass, a lot of urine, tons of vomit. They had the fat guy in a in a sweatsuit, like a like a like a plastic wrap sweatsuit on a elliptical. And they were drinking. They had fucking what's his name. Uh, um, you named him earlier The one who's gonna kill himself one day Sadly uh, Steve-O steve Collect all the sweat In funnels And drink it Oh, oh my It is fucking God. brutal The cameraman oh You see the cameraman God. start yacking It's disgusting There's so many oh, <laughs> You're gonna order your Christ. popcorn You're gonna order your drink You're gonna I drink I wanna yak it now I didn't Oh it. it's uh, brutal <laughs> There's a, so much fluid in this movie And you love the fluid Yeah Um But A lot of bare ass A lot of people shitting on the, on, on screen uh, be prepared I gotta see that But guys 3D At it's best I gotta tell you Avatar I saw the 3D It was impressive This jackass 3D This thing takes it To another level I mean really like It's it's hilarious man It's fun I really wanna see it It's fun Go to a $10 matinee Of the 3D stuff It's a lot of awesome So guys You all know this That at the end of the month You gotta get to Seattle I bought my plane ticket For literally round trip $199 from LA to Seattle for yeah, ZombieCon. This is with, Halloween weekend. With Virgin? Uh, no, with Alaska Airlines. Oh, I gotta go Alaska Airlines. Virgin. Uh, Virgin's fine and all that. Cheaper. But you know what? It may, is it cheaper? Yeah. I want Alaska Airlines. 199 round trip. They just had a, a $82 Seattle. Guys, oh, shit, I gotta guys, do that. Really? All I'm saying is you gotta get to ZombieCon this weekend, <laughs> uh, this Halloween weekend. Bruce Campbell's gonna be there. And I gotta tell you, Bruce, I, I found out on Friday Bruce Campbell's actually. Officiating a wedding. What? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't want that? That's breaking news. I would actually like. Come on, why not? You'd Bruce, get married just so Bruce Campbell could. Bruce Campbell is going to officiate this wedding in, in the book he's using, the Necronomicon. I, I mean, this shit is happening at ZombieCon. You know, we got George Romero. We've got uh, the Left for Dead guys. We got, we got the the um, what was the one that Capcom just put out? The Dead Rising Two is going to be all over the floor. You can play that game. We got Max Brooks. Malcolm McDowell, all these crazy people are going to be there. Um, Bruce Campbell, of course. And and here's the thing. Here's what here's what we're working on right now. Going back and forth. AMC's Walking Dead. All right, they got to be there, right? You'd expect them to be there. Yeah. Luckily, Ian and I and Gilmore and I, we've all seen the first two episodes, and we can actually tell you guys about it now. Uh, the first two episodes well, let's keep of Walking this down Dead. Down to like not too many. Spoilers. Not too many spoilers, because we're just gonna rant and rave about how fucking awesome it is. We invited. We, we got the first oh, two yeah, episodes. Uh, Ian came over. We got some Chinese food. We watched these episodes, and the first thing that you really notice. So you want to tell them what we had? Chinese food. And we watched. Frank- want to be more? No, no, that's, no. That's cool. It's I cool. mean, I figured we were talking about the, you know, the flights. You pay for the flights. Oh, well, here's the thing. I was just gonna let it go, and Gilmore's like, "No, you have to take Virgin." It's like, shut up, Gilmore. Nobody cares. Uh, when Gilmore brings something up, chances are you can spin a wheel. Eighty percent of the time, nobody's gonna care. Um, the first two episodes of Walking Dead, you guys know what it is. I'm going to explain the whole Robert Kirkman thing. Um, listen, the first thing you're going to notice is that they expand the universe, right? They expand, you know, people are like, oh, so well. is the first six episodes going to get us to the jail? Is the first, You know what I mean? Because you're following along the storylines and the, and the and, trades. And, and, and Kirkman, the, Kirkman said all along in development that it's not going to be the same and he doesn't want it to be the same. He doesn't right. want you to know where the, the twists are going to come. And you know, it won't have the same beats. But 
I mean, you know, you walk into this kind of thing and you think to yourself, okay, I know the source material, there'll be these characters. other characters, yeah. and you think, well, there'll be these other characters that won't be that important. That's what you always think. No, the, the new like characters that. feel just as, as substantial as the characters that you're familiar with in the source yeah. material. Like, and engaging. Um, and, like, I mean, you, you just see, I mean, what, what, what Frank Darabont's done here is he's managed to just open this up in a way and bring in elements that, you know, some stuff that's probably always been there in the book to, to some degree or another, but, but right away it's like slam in your face about really just, you know, frankly, what's wrong with humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, and then we get this new uh, Michael Rooker character That's well, you meet in the second episode. Right, he's, he's a new perfect to the example series. of it, yeah. Have we seen the last one? Who knows? You guys have to see this episode, uh, Halloween Night. We got the first episode coming up, Halloween Night, and then a week later you get the second episode. And then from there, we haven't seen anything. But in those first two episodes, well, yeah, the, the expansion of the universe, well, Ian, you know, in his, in his work here in Hollywood has, but only scenes you know i mean from the stuff that you'd seen you'd only seen scenes and until you saw the episodes it's it's so good mm-hmm. and, and the thing is you you you're, you're gonna sit there and you're just seeing these scenes and you're really going like i can't believe this is on television yeah it's, that really is the second thing that you realize yeah. not only has the world gotten b- bigger even though we love amc we love breaking bad we love Mad Men, in the quality that it brings and this is totally consistent with that quality how many times did you ask yourself, I can't believe that they're going to play this on television. I mean, the right. effects work is phenomenal. Not just in the scope of, of the desolation and the destruction of this world, but the effects work and the, the, the gross, grisly nature of the zombie stuff it, is it, an R-rated it, it, movie. It, it, it's everything you want to, you ever wanted to see in, in a zombie. animatronics. Animatronics. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not only animatronics. Right. But, but still, it just, it looks phenomenal. It's, it's as bloody gory as you'd ever want, and yet it's a very serious piece about you know characters and how they react to basically the end of the mm-hmm. world and the interrelationships. I mean, you know the way they expand on you know getting too deep into it. You know, in the comic, it, I love the that comic, first family but, that he hooks right, up with the, the father the, and the, the son. Fa- the family stuff, or even you know just and, and without saying when and where um, stuff about you know about Rick's family mm-hmm. you know um, about in the comic it's like you don't even see what's going on with them till suddenly Rick is there not the case here I mean you get it, it's everything's fully realized right you know you really you see beats. yeah because in the it, comic really you really are strictly following Rick as he finds his family and then then he gives you the backstory we'll kind of you get a little bit of the history of what happened before he got there but here, it's really more exposition those, yeah, here yeah, you're actually not, seeing those scenes yeah yeah you know, and then on top of it, those added characters. I mean, when he gets to Atlanta in the book, you know that he's saved by one character or so. Right. And now you know that there are a couple scavenger types who went into this uh, into Atlanta well, and scavenged stuff. And, and, and incidentally, you know, right. Morgan was the character, and and they got a name actor to play him. Yeah. You know, Lenny James. So you know, there's that sense. I mean, in the comic, that character eventually comes back way later. But you look, you think Lenny James, you're thinking, okay, probably gonna get get him back a little bit sooner. Right. Just because it's Lenny James. Mm-hmm. I mean, guy's amazing, you know, for those of you. I mean, he's Lenny James was uh, on Jericho. He's on Hung right now. He's a, a great British actor. So, uh, really amazing. A lot of good British actors in this series, including yeah. the lead. I, I mean, I wasn't one for... Um, you know, Andrew Lincoln's great. Andrew Lincoln was awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, the setting, the Atlanta stuff, the the whole Georgia thing, guys. Everything that you love about the books is in this, and then it's expanded upon. So it's really like tonally, it is The Walking Dead, you know. Uh, but you're now you're seeing it expanded upon. Uh, you're breathing life into a zombie <laughs> series. Right. So. Well, I mean, I mean the, 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 there's moments where you know, yeah, Rick is the hero, and you think, you know, like you know, they're not going to kill him in the first episode. You're sitting there going like how the hell can he possibly get out of this? This is like you're freaking out. Yeah. Like, because it's shot so well that you're you're experiencing what he's experiencing. Mm-hmm. And you're, right? I mean, you're on the edge of You know what? I mean, the, the first, when the, when the episode, the first episode that Frank Darabont directed ended, I literally was like, welcome back, Frank, because I had been unimpressed with his work for a while. Okay. You know, and, and this is Frank Darabont at his best. This is Frank Darabont doing the human stories. You know, at their, at their most basic level what do you do in this situation when what you loved has been taken away from you which is i think his best work the the shawshank redemption this guy had a life it was taken away from him now he's in jail i even have a soft spot for the majestic this guy had a life as a professional screenwriter it's taken away from him what does he do you know he reinvents his new life those that's frank darabont for me at his best you know 
I didn't want to see the characters in the mist dealing with the loss of their life. I wanted to see them dealing with the new life, which is really Frank Darabont's best. This guy wakes up in the hospital in this first episode of uh, Walking Dead. What the fuck's he gonna do? That's Frank Darabont at his best, telling that story, and and that's I it. Loved he, the, it. You know, that first episode, the road to discovery of all of it. I mean, because we're right there with him, going, "What is going on here?" Mm-hmm. And and we're seeing it as he's seeing it and learning about it. Bibiani had a, a, a um, pet peeve, which is my pet peeve with a lot of stuff. Uh, they don't call them zombies. Yeah, ditto. They don't call them zombies. I, I also have. If that a problem. problem happens, 2010, this world goes down. We're going to be using our cultural references. As, as, as a gauge to communicate with each other what's happening, right? As some form of tool to be like, hey guys, even if they're not zombies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think that goes to the comic as well, though. Yeah. But in that... Um, in but that here's, yeah. here, here's what an argument got? for that, though. Think about uh, sort of the... After a while, you're like, yes, these are fucking zombies. So maybe they'll get into it later. But yeah. at first, if, you're, if this shit's just going down, you're not going to well, immediately identify uh, something uh, like that. Uh, honestly... Not to overly defend it, and I haven't actually previously to you just said this, I haven't thought about this point, but technically speaking, zombies really come out of the whole mystically reanimated Mm -hmm. corpses, and that isn't what this is. Even though we've called other things zombie movies... We don't know what this is. Even right, in the comics, right, we don't. We know don't. What this is. And, and the whole idea of It's the Walking Dead is, you know, going back to the comic, it's Mm -hmm. that the bite kills you just because it's toxic, not because that's what makes you you know, right. a Walking Dead. It, it, it's been that anyone dies, wakes up with that, which is implies a scientific viral, you know, mm-hmm. airborne pathogen that you know ha- has done this. So you can argue whether technically they really are zombies. Did you uh, remember last week when I talked about our Geekscapist? Uh, uh, you don't have to agree with me. Our, our geek- zombie. That that's yeah. that's you know that's like yeah, that, that's a booted. dead a dead reanimated corpse come back. That's zombie now. Well, that may have been what we we automatically think that, but zombie is technically a voodoo thing. Hey guys, it's uh, and can, uh, this is what I spent the week, and I'll fight you about this it. This is what I think okay. about. This is what I thought it's about. Just because the difference that a lot of pe- the the distinction most people make, sorry, is the is is it a reanimated corpse or is it like in Twenty Eight Days Later was just people going fucking nuts, like rage. Yeah. Well, in that book, Kevin Anderson wrote that yeah. he's going to be at ZombieCon for that Night of the Living Trekkies mm-hmm. that we talked about. I finished that book and. It's not a zombie as we know it at all. It's kind of like this alien spore seed thing that gets some people. But they still call them zombies. They're like, they're fucking like zombies. you got to shoot them in the head. You know, they're using it. The characters in that book are calling Same them zombies. like zombies. Right. And, call, and, and using it as a reference. Um, here's the thing I was wondering this week. Are mummies zombies that just have a different type of clothing? <laughs> like, because well, then that is well, mystical. Like, yes. Like, yes. Are no. mummies, mummies are, are a type of zombie, Absolutely. right? Like, they just fucking wear... <laughs> Except, except, arguably, mummies predate zombies. Oh, shit. So mummies are the first zombies. It's like Apocalypse was like an early mutant. Right. But did they call him mutant back then? I mean, frankly, why, why do they call Namor the first mutant when Apocalypse was there earlier? before him? Right. Thousands of years. Right. I knew about him first. Yeah. And here's Namor's the first guys. mutant because he's the first mutant published. Oh, there you right. go. Yeah. And here we go with, uh, guys, Geekscape. All I gotta say on that shit is geeks, Geekscape. All right, when you start talking about the difference between mummies and zombies and this and that, Geekscape. I never thought about that though. Mummies. Really? Yeah. I, I was sitting in traffic and I was like, okay, what are the things? Some of the things I'm going to talk about at ZombieCon. What are some of these things? You know, because as a moderator on many panels, I have to talk about subjects that people are interested in and whether or not a mummy oh, is uh, a type uh, of zombie. How do, how do they prepare the insides of a mummy? Well, that they put that fucking difference. coat hanger up and take the brain out. Right, but no, a, a mummy is a reanimated dead. I mean. But how do you yeah. kill? Now here's the thing: How do you kill a mummy? Because if the thing's brain has already been removed, do you shoot it in the head? It doesn't fucking matter, right? You got to light a right. damn mummy on fire. You got to fire, yeah. 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 So well, is that a zombie? But, but, you but, but, if you shoot as a mummy in the head, it's still traumatic. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. But, but yeah. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a television oh, like reference, yes, supernatural. Yes, sir. Um, this week, yes, sir. Very they, good they, reference point. Yes, sir. Yeah, they, Factual. They, they they had a monster that had to be killed a certain way with you know a certain you know kind of knife and all that, and then you know it, there's this great scene at the end. Ends up throwing the thing in a wood chipper and disintegrates it. And when he's talking to the other hunter, oh, did you have the knife? He's like, ah, oh, wood chipper. He's like, oh, that'll trump it. Yeah. You know, there's just certain things like yeah, you got to you know take a zombie out of the head. If you light a zombie on fire, you it's gonna kill, kill it. it too. But if you take a, a mummy's head on fire, uh, if you cut a mummy's head off, like it'll still go. Uh, come what after was you it? Was it one of those Japanese demons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. you guys can see what I'm saying I here, right? I haven't heard of that the, the, even before, but I like that they're getting a little... It, was it, was it, uh, I always like Supernatural because they bring up, like, the most random, just right. gods and demons from foreign uh, cultures or whatever. Uh, you feel no, like I you learned something. To... Yeah. Okay, it's actually, by the way, you know, a lot of people were worried, okay, they're extending the show beyond the creator's original thoughts, and this season's been great. This season's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. I really thought that they were going to go serious, too serious with no, the first episode. No, it's great. It, but they got it, the it, comedy back. The beats are there, the feel, yeah. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's, I'm, I'm really glad that What's-Her-Face didn't ruin everything. Yeah, she, what, The right, new head writer. Uh, Sarah, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's great. Yeah. What, um, what else are you talking uh, about TV. Oh, we kind of got Smallville episode two hundred. Episode two hundred of Smallville. What happened there? I mean, I know Jeff Johns kind of Fucking lined awesome. up the entire series in and stuff like that. Like, and it it actually, it's homecoming, and and the notion of, of these this forty year olds are now going to homecoming. The notion of this season of Smallville is that um, yeah, no, it's, it, 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 it's thirty year olds. It, it, are by the by, it's, it's a ten year reunion. Okay? okay. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's okay. So I call it homecoming, but that's what, yeah, it's going back. I was like, wait, are they still in fucking high school? No, right. no, 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 ten okay. year reunion, ten year reunion. So um, they've been out for a while. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I mean, I the you. actor playing him is about ten years older than than the character. You know, so the the show started. He's supposed to be about fifteen. Yeah, now yeah. So be about twenty five. So what happened? Yeah. So what happened? Um, I mean, basically, you know, the season is about him truly finally becoming Superman. And you know, if you really look at the show, and you know. Whether you like it or not, you know, the general quip would be, all right, how long is it going to take for him to get there? And what they've done is they've played around with him having some very human foibles over the course of the show. Him fighting, going a little bit darker, having some insecurities. And what this episode did so well is it just very directly deal with that. It's, you know, James Marshall has played Brainiac previously. Now he's Brainiac 5. Mm-hmm. You know, and he basically comes from the future, you know, Brainiac yeah, 5 from the Legion. Super Legion, yeah. The Legion. And he's like, and he says, this is the time. You need to step up. And first they look at some past stuff. You get a couple of past scenes. And, and they actually go to actually a moment in, in episode 100 where his father died and he blamed himself for it. And they point out, this is the moment where you got bogged down and all this doubt and you can't let go of the past. And you have to do that because you have to, to be who you have to be. You know, you can't let this is stuff a clip break show? down. It's really not. There's a couple of small clips, but it's really yeah. not a clip show. Uh, I got worried at, at yeah. first as well. It, it's not. Um, deals with a lot of the present stuff about him accepting, you know, not walking away from Lois because of, you know, his baggage and, you know, accepting that. And it moves, it goes into the future. Mm-hmm. And it goes to 2017. Oh, shit. And you, you get, you, you totally come to see what his relationship is with Lois at that point. And you actually see him at that point. He interacts with his future self as Clark Kent, the whole glasses, the whole thing. And you get a glimpse of Superman. He gets a glimpse of himself. As dressed as Superman. Oh, yeah. This is the first and what do you back. see? Just the, like the boots floating in front of him or what? You see Superman in suit? You, you see it, it flashes by really quick. And if you slow it down, you, you see it, it's person in the outfit. And he zooms and deals with like an explosion. And Did you go, oh! Oh, it's awesome. Oh, fuck. Yeah, total, total geekorism. You know, okay, okay, wait, wait. Well, here's here's awesome. the problem. I watched full, through the first. Wait, 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 well, I watched more. through the first two seasons of Smallville, and now I hear all this cool shit. Is there a place I can go back to to jump on where I don't have to go back to season three? Like, like, what do you suggest for people who are like, I just want to watch this uh, cool shit? I mean, honestly, I feel like there's, there's been. A, I've really liked it for the last few years. I, I think season four was weak. Mm-hmm. Yes, they started pulling all the mute, the magic weak. shit, and I was like, this doesn't belong so on this show. You think from like season five on, I should start rewatching? Um, I was gonna say five. Yeah, I mean, you know. Lois comes in, and I think it, it becomes a lot of fun with her. I love Erica Durant. You know, oh um, you know, it, it's not a perfect show. You know, you have some great moments, and, and sometimes there'll be some stuff that like go, like, okay, how come they made that decision? But um, it's not a show I would like make a I, like. I know you and Laura like, oh, let's watch. Yeah, this. she ain't gonna watch that. Yeah, yeah. you're not gonna. It's, yeah, it's, it's you're the type not. of show you watch while like doing other things sometimes. No, 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 enjoy, I, I, no, no. I watch it. it. I, I sit English. and watch it, but, but, but. I mean, especially the, the especially the last couple of seasons. They you know they always did some of the DC stuff. The last couple of seasons they've really been pushing it more. Um, you could totally just pick it up with this season, right? Um, I mean, I want to see the Justice go, Society. People. So that yeah. so then you should go back to last season, right. season nine. Oh. Um, I I really feel like the last season nine and ten have really been leading into the, the him becoming Superman. Um, I overall liked it, but you know, I mean, like like the last episode, you know. The fight starts and it's fucking awesome and it's ninety and it's seconds and done. Seconds long, yeah. It's like it was starting off great. It's exactly what you want to see. You know, they built up to it the whole and, and just ends way too quick. And it gets that, so you have to expect and that. It's like a segue, and, like a segue into a sex life. 
Well, well, yeah. let's say, and, and that that's about money. You know, I mean, it, it's so expensive. It's segue into a, a segue into a sex life. Anyway, um, so, but what and, else and, have you and, and by the way, after Smallville, it ends on a on a note that is just. I'm mean, should I say it? Or should I spoil it? No. It, it, it's a fan. Did you watch it yet? No, I have not. No. Oh, that's why I'm asking. It, when you get to that the very last scene, especially if someone's watched the show a long time, you're gonna just be like, "Oh my god, that's awesome." Okay. The one thing that Laura and I have been watching a lot is yeah. Being Human. We got into season Love two. Being oh, we got into we season got into two, uh, dude. Season two. We started up season two uh, where you see like the three housemates, and they're actually like the big story arc in season two is that these assholes are coming after them. Right. Yeah. Like these hunters. Have you watched Being Human? I watched like half season oh you gotta finish you that up oh see, being human's phenomenal brian you know you know uh, what's what's great about uh that television BBC on bbc and, awesome. and honestly it's what i feel that you know networks like hbo and amc have done is you know american television in the past has very been about status quo 22 e- yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even even where it's it, it's a serialized drama and it's moving on and characters develop somewhat you basically have the same setup through it and as I was saying, like, you know, what I think AMC does well and HBO does well um, is, and Showtime as well, yeah. um, they don't mind just throwing the status quo out, like, very quickly, pretty early on. I mean, Being Human is a show, like, you know, it starts off and you get the, the, the beats of she's a ghost, she's a werewolf, she's a vampire trying to fit in. And within a couple episodes, it's, it's just, past that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's turned completely on its ear. It's like that they don't let you get comfortable with what the show's about. It's it just it completely evolves. Mm-hmm. It completely changes. We're loving that, but then I look up and on the website, you guys will see this. Sci-fi is doing a reimagining yeah. of being human for U.S. audiences and setting well, it in Boston. It back up, and now back up. Well, 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 now there's 13 episodes. Now it's going F- into the, the thing. Even so, you say reimagining. I mean, I happen to know a bit about the development. Of this Tell me about I, the development. I, I'm looking forward to it, but um, you know, my understanding, having not seen it yet, is there's nothing original to it. They're basically going to just shoot exactly what they did. They're going to let me in it. They should you put know. Gilmore in the show. And it's like a leprechaun who lives you know, in them. Like they should add another monster, and it should be Gilmore. I mean, hope, hopefully they will evolve. But you know, it's kind of like you know, same beats, like same. Yeah, yeah. Line, like like, like when the Office started, the American Office started, and initially it was just you know something boom, been done. Yeah, the exact same thing, and then yeah, it found its way. So yeah. hopefully, being human will. But yeah, I, I don't think that there's going to be anything yeah, original about it. it. I'm not watching that. Well, you know, you watch that. You tell us. If I'll tell you if it evolves. If it, you know. Did you read you this know, news? I was checking out Eric Diaz's "The Weekend Geek" on the front page of our site. Uh, he, the the Hulk TV show. They're yeah, talking it's, about it's the in Hulk development. TV show. What is this? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm Jeff Loeb and is Cloak now and running. Jeff Loeb is now running television. You know, Marvel for Marvel. Yeah. And um, you know, ambitious. I mean, I was a fan of the old Hulk show. In this day and age, CGI being what it is and everything else. You know, I'm still worried. I, I find it hard to believe you can do a good Hulk TV show with CGI on the budget. Hulk. Yeah, yeah. On the budget. So, so I'm concerned. You know, I'm I'm optimistic because I, I want to believe. Would you get you know? the same actor from the movie to be in the show? Well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, see, it's like mm, I don't know, man. I would only do it if you could get, really get like the the, the actor signed up. I mean, what, what, Mark what, Ruffalo to be yeah, in Mark Ruffalo. But here, here's the thing, though: if you do like an AMC approach and you only do six episodes of the Hulk TV. Hey. It's possible, but look, I mean, you know, I know we all roll our eyes, you know, we're going into our, our third actor playing him in the last couple of years. I mean, years. they're going to dilute it with a fourth. Know? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, we can get... What if they get Eric Banner for the TV show? Uh, listen, we can get strung up on that, or, or, and this is maybe too forgiving, but, you know, I do try to look at it as, you know, I read comics, and, you know, the Hulk can be in four comics in a month, and it's a different artist from, with everyone. Okay, okay. You know? Oh, so, noted. Let me write that down. You know... Be it, cool it, with it. It, it, it's a way of looking at it. If, it. if it's my point is, if it's well produced, if it's well written, and the effects don't suck, just because it's a different actor, you know, then you know yeah. th- that's not going to be what's killing me. What's killing you the is the, if whether or not yeah. they pull off the effects. Right. The yeah. Yeah. So basically, if the show sucks, that's the problem. Right. If the show's good, I'm not going to go. Oh, it's not the same actor okay. from the movie okay. because, you know, I'm not six years old. You, you want to talk actors? Let's talk about this. Uh this um, casting notice that went out in Hollywood the other day. Did you see this? We know that Reese uh, Ivins. How do you pronounce Reese Ivins? I think it's. He's it the yeah, dude who's sure. cast yeah. in the Spider-Man movie, and people right. are like, maybe Villain. maybe he's playing the, the the lizard. Well, this casting notice went out last week for a young Peter Parker that hopefully looks like Andrew Garfield, right. and Billy, Billy Connors. Connors. Holy shit! The son of the uh, of the lizard. Right. So it's pretty much locked. The lizard's going to be. 
a villain, the villain, somebody in the new Spider-Man reboot. And here's the thing. If it's anything like that Shed storyline, it would be fucking awesome. I still can't believe that happened. Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man. Have you been reading this brand new day, Amazing Spider-Man stuff? Dude. They had this. They had him fight like all his classic villains, right? right. Like a gauntlet, like the Ryan. And, and they were kind of beefing him up. Yeah, when he got to this lizard thing, it was the hardest core of all of them. Yeah, right. Billy I mean, Connors not, is a part of it, right? Not only was the lizard really vicious, but in life. and it was implied at first, and a couple of years later, you're thinking, "Did I just read what I thought I read?" And they find out it said, "The lizard ate his kid." The lizard ate his fucking kid, dude. I mean, the lizard ate Billy Connors, who was the whole reason Kurt Connors was trying to right. heal himself. For almost 50 was to years. to be with his fucking son. Yeah, it's been all about that. And the lizard basically, in its own mind, sees, you know, Connors as his weakness and his enemy. So intentionally, he kills, kills ate his enemy's kid. Now now Kurt Connors has nothing to live for. Right, there's like no so going the, back. The, so now so it's the just the lizard. lizard. Good move, lizard. Yeah, yeah, the lizard won that battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no going. And I was that. like, you just Marvel Comics. You just killed like an eight, ten year old kid. Yeah, had yeah. him eaten by a fucking lizard. And guess what? Peter Parker had like some like he'd get he'd gotten bit by the lizard, and he it's like weakening his fucking system. He couldn't get to billion time. Which and he shows him, up way too. He right, shows up too right. late. And he's like, and I'm saying, like this is a personal tragedy. This is like a, like a, a failure. I mean, I'm actually he expecting the deal with him more. Relationship. Yeah, yeah. And he's been saving Billy in part. I mean, again. This goes back to what is it? Amazing Six. You can corner everybody. I think it's six. The force. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's number six. Um, you know, I mean, this is like but it's the this beginning. thing that goes back that far, and he, In the, and he just fucked it yeah, up. Yeah. That storyline. Like 46, 47 years. This shed storyline in the comics, I would. But after a while, it's like motherfuckers moved. Emotional reverberation. Oh no, no, that's friend. just it. The kid has not been living with his father. It's like he's afraid of his father. And there's even this moment where he says, like, I've al- I always knew you were going to be the death of me. Hmm. Like, the kid, like, has known it. He's been afraid. He's a little he, kid. He lost the kid. He doesn't have custody anymore. Like, they dealt with it in a very real way that, no, the kid's not with him. The lizard tracks the kid down. But from his Takes sense. him. And you're thinking, okay, he took him fine. You know, Peter's going like to save him. him. Spider-Man's yeah. going to get there in and time. And doesn't. Doesn't do it. Nope. Kills him. Eats him. I literally Done. looked at those panels, and I was like... And I, I, I flipped. I flipped. I flipped. It's like it's like two storylines ago. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, ago. I flipped back. back it's like the remains are in a dumpster, and you're like, no, not really. Like you're really, yeah, really I, going, I'm like, flipping really? panels, Gilmore. I'm sitting there looking at the pages, going, wait, I didn't read that right. The kid's not dead in a dumpster. Yeah, kid's dead in a dumpster. Right. And it's out on trade right now. It's got to be out by in yeah, trade right now, dude. This shed thing. If the movie has a kind of emotional impact and that kind of weight. To it, we have. Do they a, have the balls? To we go have there? a balls-out Spider-Man movie, and if it has half the drama in this storyline, because the lizards are also letting out like pheromones, and it's starting to trigger people's not like most base animal instincts, and people are starting to get like rage style, right? This, thing. which, which by the awesome. way, is something that goes back to the core of the character that they stepped away from for mm-hmm. years. They really haven't dealt with with that that kind of ability. The animal and, instinct. And and the other thing that, that I like about the idea of them doing Lizard is, you know, I mean, I think many of us felt, God, they're rebooting it. I mean, it, it's not even been 10 years. No, you can slide but, it right in with the Raimi well, movies. Well, this is yeah. what, what I'm saying is that, I mean, this is a reboot. It's back to high school. Yeah. But the Raimi movies, like, they kept teasing it and teasing it in, like, three movies and it never paid off. Now we have our Lizard. So now we're getting it. So that that actually, for those of that watched and paid attention to the other ones, like, okay, we're finally getting it. Not only it. that, but we have it now that Sony has... Not that Sony has this shed storyline and this kind of... St- I mean, the history of this character. I mean, that, right. that really took him to a level now, of... Now, something else talk, talking about that movie... You can um, talk about that, too. Tom Hardy and... Right, right, right. Really yeah, one cool. second. Yeah. But, I mean, so Emma Stone loved the idea of her casting, thinking great Mary Jane, and now she's Gwen Stacy. Yeah, well, yeah. what is your feeling? We need to get Ian I, Kerner's insight on this. I mean, look, you know, I, 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 th- I think that... We're at 40 minutes? Oh, perfect. Okay, I think that, you know, a, as fans, we get very, you know tied up in you know our images of these characters yes but at the at the same time um i mean one of the most iconic things is you know gwen stacy's blonde mary jane's redhead you know when you go back to the raimi movie and you know i mean again you had a blonde playing redhead and she dyed her hair Mm -hmm. you had a redhead playing a blonde she dyed her hair i mean and so now we have a blonde playing a blonde no, we have a redhead. No, Emma Stone's nope. blonde. Emma Stone's a natural blonde. She's a natural, natural blonde. blonde. Yep. I did not know she that. She dyed her hair for Superbad on Judd Apatow's suggestion. Really? I did She's not know that. She's a blonde. No, no. Take all your anger and confusion. No, your frustration is ill-founded, uh, I, I did not know that. She's a great-looking so redhead. 
But you know what? We, we can't wait to see her next snap uh, as a blonde. I've never seen her as a blonde. I like her as a brunette in, uh, what's this way? Fucking Easy A and shit? Yeah. No, I, we, she's a blonde. And now, now right. let's do this. You know what? There we go. Because yeah. I think she's great. Guys, take it back. There we go. Uh, it'll it be back. great. Throw that red. I mean, at the same time, I thought. Uh, what's I've been schooled. I've not been stalking I, her. I thought, and now I know. I thought Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, Gwen Stacy was so perfect. Looked like Terry Dodson's artwork. Like, yeah, yeah. Awesome. The, the, awesome. Band and, yeah. She looked really great. Yeah, she looked great. And, uh, she makes the worst choices in like movie history. Um, guys, Tom Hardy. You guys loved him in Inception. Uh, he was in um, Bronson, that indie movie. And He's going to be is, Mad I mean, Max. That is a chameleon shift. That Bronson doesn't yeah. even look like him. But then you see him in Inception. You're down with him. Tom Hardy's the the first villain cast in Batman 3. We don't know who he's playing. Our own Brian Walton on the website had a great suggestion. Yeah. Tommy Elliott. Well, it's, fu- it's funny you said that. Play Tommy Elliott. Okay, you know what? Bruce, I, I, Bruce Wayne's I, yes, childhood hero. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday my friend John said the yeah. same thing, said hush. Yeah, it becomes hush. And I'm pretty sure John doesn't read the site. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, that was two, a, two that different was a people saying that. Yeah. My, my, my only question awesome. when I heard it was... Is it is it a, is that a big enough villain? I mean, well, I mean not that Christopher yeah, Nolan cares yeah. per se, but you think they they would probably go with a villain more identifiable. Well, he, I mean, the Christian like in, in the Christian in, in Nolan. You well, know, no, you can sell hush toys, well, but it's the not the same level. It's in not. The, it's not in the kids aren't gonna go. Oh my god! No. In the Christopher Nolan verse, uh, the, this Batman stuff, he's done great with two villains per movie, mm-hmm. and here we go. I mean, if he's the second fiddle to a Riddler, I'm down with Tommy Elliot. Right. You know? Okay. I'm down with, or, or, I'm down with or, or is he Riddler? Seems like we have a riddle of our own. <laughs> and I, I, wow. What do you think, Gilmore? Yeah. I just, why, um, uh, why, why is everyone assuming Riddler? Do you think? Just because yeah, nah, it's had the most buzz? Yeah, he's the big, he's the big yeah. villain. That I wouldn't pull it past yet. Chris yeah. Nolan to actually go, it's like, everyone's been saying this, let's go with a brand new... And, 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 and I agree with you. Killer it, Croc. It, Clayface. It, right. It's just that... Gilmore's you know, when you go back to the classic, you know, pantheon of villains of Batman, you know, the big ones are, you know, Joker, Riddler, Penguin, you yeah, know, right. the Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that those sense. are the biggies. Right, of course. So and, 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 and that's that's both the comics and that's the original television show and there are some others, but those are the biggies. You know, so... And what was... Tom, I mean, when Tommy Elliott, was he introduced by Jeff Loeb in Hush? Or was, yes. Is, oh, that was his first appearance as, yes. as Tommy Elliott. He yes. wasn't, like, in the old books as nope. like, just, like, her old friend. No, no. My father... To- totally retconned that in that, mm-hmm. you know, he's a character from his childhood. But, I mean, he's... he's he's Now he's a mainstay. You know what I mean? Like, this Very whole much Hush so. thing, yeah. Sh- um, should we talk comic books? Well, we're going to segue. I got one more movie news from... from uh, we can Geek. From Weekend Geek, uh, you guys should be reading the website. If not, you guys are missing a ton of stuff, and uh, a lot. All this news I've taken off the website, so it's uh, it's up to you. So guys it's actually not us. news. If so you it's read actually, it. yeah. You didn't really even have to watch this. <laughs> you didn't you have know? to watch this. You just get opinions here. Um, the Deadpool movie, Robert Rodriguez passed. They're right. Looking, they're looking for some stuff. Supposedly, Eric Diaz. I don't know where he got this source. I don't know if he made this up out of a fantastic dream that he had after a Craigslist encounter, but. Um, <laughs> Supposedly Colossus plays a role in the Deadpool script that the Zombieland writers have written up. Okay. Colossus. Could you imagine? You got, I, I mean, I want to see him done properly in a movie. Like, right. he, you just got glances of him in the well, first well, movies, I mean, but... I, I mean, I, I mean well, here, here's the thing that gets a little weird is... And look, the Fox stuff has been a mess. Right. And that leads me into something else I want to talk about. Okay. It's the Wolverine sequel. But, um, you know, the, the Wolverine movie is... Set within within the same you know universe. Clearly, it's still Hugh Jackman. It's it's within the parameters of the, of the other X Men movies, and it's years and years before. And Colossus, Colossus is in the X movies, and he's a kid. So I mean, obviously, they can set Colossus? Deadpool years later because if you haven't Colossus in it, I mean. What's the age? Are we seeing Colossus as a Russian? You know, remember how they were, they were like, oh, he worked with weapons dealers and stuff like that? Are we seeing but that's, that's, that's the thing? Ultimate yeah. X Men version. Yeah, I know, I know. Are we seeing, but, but I mean, but, we but, saw but, a lot of Ultimate X Men versions. But the Colossus we saw in X2 and X3 right. is, you know, a was a kid. He's like a 16 year old kid right. who happens to be kind of bummed. Right. So. Yeah. so, I mean, that, that's what Eric's so That's the problem with that. Now, Wolverine 2, Darren Aronofsky. Has he signed on for sure to do this movie? I mean, what do you what do you know on the inside? Uh, Not gonna David O. wrestle it. 
He's not going to David Russell and punch uh, him look, in the face. You know, I, until they actually start shooting, you right. know, what can you really say? Right. But it looks like that's happening. And that's exciting. I mean, we could just hope here's a, you know, a, a director, director stro- yeah. Yeah, strong enough to not fall into the, okay, Fox has picked a date and now just get it done and mm-hmm. throw it together. Let's you make a great do you want to see Frank and Miller's Wolverine? Do you want to see Frank Miller's Wolverine? Uh, a type you mean of, the story-wise? Yeah, a type of Frank Miller's Wolverine. Well, with maybe a Silver Samurai. Now, now, now excuse me, back up a second. When you say you Frank us. Miller's Wolverine, I, I just want to point out, because people make this mistake. The little storyline. The Wolverine miniseries Frank yeah. Miller drew. Chris that's Claremont right. wrote it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chris, Chris okay. Claremont did draw it. Yeah, You're right. yeah. You know, I mean, Frank Miller, you know, start, Daredevil 158, he drew it. You know, doesn't start, you know, yeah. I mean, 169, the first electors when he starts writing with the drawing. You know, um, same thing. Well, that's what we Wolverine made at that time, he was still drawing things. And but this is Chris writing. Claremont. This is Chris yeah, Claremont. Yeah, yeah, it, it, is that what you want? That's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's the Benioff script. Right. So, uh, actually, I think it's Benioff started, and then is Macquarie doing rewrites? That'd be cool. That's what I hear. That'd be cool if yeah. uh, a usual suspect's Macquarie, Way of the Gun. Yeah. Did so, that? I mean, it's, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see how they yeah, screw it up. Kinda, yeah, we'll but, see how they screw it up. But right now, it's pretty damn exciting. What comics do you think our friends should be watching? Well, well I thought the nice segue would be to talk about Batman. Yeah, go for it. Because because um, so, Batman's still out there, and he has to come back in time. Well, so this week... All right, so uh, our friend Kat really appreciated a comment I made the other day. He's um, our comic book seller. You've seen him yeah. briefly on the show. Yeah, time. so... Um, Sounds like a Ukrainian gangster. Return, Return of Bruce Wayne. Ten minutes left. Return of Bruce Wayne number five came out this week. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, it's a six-issue miniseries to get him back. And yet, they already put out a bunch of the books that are, you know, Bruce Wayne the Return. Right. With yeah. him. Because... There's a whole line of them this week. And, yeah. and here was my point. You know, a, a lot of us noticed, you know, we pay attention to comics, and yet Captain America lost in time, and you had the sidekick become Captain America, and, you know, they got him back. And, and one of the big problems of, of us that was reading was that that miniseries got so fucking delayed that they had the books with him back. And you were on the show before. ranting. Yeah, I was ranting. And while well, we're guess talking what? about Graham Morrison... Here we go again. Yeah. And so now you have DC more or less ripping off the Marvel storyline and having the same exact problem. Did you see Grant Morrison cameoing in the uh, My Chemical Romance video? He's the villain in the My Chemical Romance video no, that I premiered not. this week. <laughs> it was pretty I, I was like, is that Grant Morrison? Holy but, shit, but, that's but, Grant Morrison. But anyway, the point yeah. is, so, I mean, it's bad enough that they've actually basically lifted, you know, I mean, you know, I'm fine with it because I'm actually enjoying the story right. and I love D- Dick Grayson's The Batman and it's been great. The Batman and Robin book, I, I love it. It was that. awesome. I yes. love the interplay between those characters. You know, Morrison goes and does his weird villain stuff, but the character stuff, Damien, Dick Grayson, Alfred, I mean, all of it is just been awesome, you know? And yet again, I mean, it, it, the big joke is you have the big miniseries bringing it back and you can't get it published in time. And, you know, and the reality, you know, of, of the publishing is... You can't hold back the other books. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. So I got issue, issue five of you know, the Bruce Wayne miniseries where you want to eat my hand? Yeah. What's going and on? And then there? what happens? Um, and, and then you have all the, the other tie-in books. And, and by the way, the tie-in books were great. You read you know? all those? I look yeah. at them and I go, no, no, no. No, no, they're no, great. No, no. I, I mean, Did you read Iron Squire too? I didn't read it yet. I okay. have it. Okay. Um, but um, Look, you don't have to read them if you're if you're a regular reader of those books. You need to read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's Bruce in some kind of high tech outfit that like m- makes helps him mimic some JLA abilities. No idea where the outfit came from. Maybe that's in issue six. I don't know. You know. But so he has that's this crazy. outfit and he's like disguised and he's watching everyone. He's engaging some of them and it's like he has these case notes. I'm back on them. Yeah. And um, and it's great. I mean, you know, his assessment of, of Batman and Robin is great, you know, Tim Drake, Red Robin, um, you know, Batgirl, The Outsiders. It's it, it's actually really great, but and really fun. Did he just leave? What's Why that? is he reassessing them? He's assessing how they've responded to him being gone. Oh, okay. You know, and and the directions they're going in, and whether he approves or not. Is this part of his creating the bat the the bat corpse like worldwide? Yes, exactly. Bat, Batman Inc. is coming. And he's that, creating leaders, kind of like you know. Remember when Daredevil was like, "You take care of South America." When he was the leader of the hand, it was like, "I'll give you you know." Well, it, it, it's not quite that, and right. we should discuss Shadowland in a second, but um. It's not quite that. It's they're his family. They're his right. legacy. Whatever he's going forward, um, we already know just from the ads that 
Dick Grayson's going to stay on as Batman. He's Batman of Gotham City. Right. Um, so you can already tell from the ads. And Bruce is creating this international Batman thing. Uh, you know, uh, it's exciting. I just, you know, the publishing thing. Right. You know, it's no, like, it's been a pet peeve of years and ours on the show. I mean, yeah, but right, and, right and, so. and, 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 to, and to do to draw that parallel to have like you know the story ripped and do the same exact fucking thing. You know, it's yeah. it's really pretty pretty fucked up um, uh, so Shadowlands Shadowlands, Shadowlands you guys know Daredevil go, gets possessed by some demon that was conjured up by the bad guys of the hand Who does? Daredevil. Daredevil and he fucking kills Bullseye then he fucking brings Bullseye back from the grave well that, that's, what's, that's on that's the verge of now right yeah. and uh, I haven't read the most recent Shadowlands but feel free to spoil it because I'll read it within the day um, I, I mean I'm enjoying this street I, level feel I, I don't really need to spoil it much because right. it's all been set up it's really just you know He's he brought in you know it's like he's going to his ex lovers who are crazy so you know he has Typhoid mm-hmm. Mary with him. Uh, White Tiger was already a hand agent. He's possessed by the beast. He brings Electra in, but Electra's a double agent. Right. She's because, working to try yeah. and undo it. And, and, and the great moment is that you know the the classic story was always that Stick recruited Electra and Daredevil. These were these. It actually had a very Buffy the Vampire Slayer feel prior to Buffy the Vampire mm-hmm. Slayer. It's like. They were like the one in a generation. They were the adepts. Right. They were the ones that were destined for these great things. And and the whole thing is that what he was really training them for was to resist the beast of the hand, and that's what got its hooks into Daredevil. Um, and, and and for those that don't know, I mean, it, it's actually one of the problems with solicitations is we kind of already know where this is ending. Right. You know, um, it's Daredevil's ending with issue five twelve, and he supposedly dies. Of course, from solicitations, we also know. And then you know, a month or two later, the writers are doing Daredevil Reborn. So I guess he's dead and back again, but not what. That's a new series. The current numbering is going to go on. It's going to be Black Panther Man without fear. Got to ask you. Um, we're talking about Daredevil's exes and all, all these adepts. Where's Echo? After uh, the new Avengers. Yeah, been, she, like, where's she, Echo? She was with them, and then she'd be uh, a great character to have yeah, in the yeah. Shadowland. Um, so she had been in Japan. They left her there. Then they yeah. went and, and they saved her. And then I feel like Bendis, like, you know, I mean, it was his, his character, and he's just kind of left it by the wayside. Was it, yeah. I mean, where, where Yeah, where it's, a, it's, it's a good point. Echo? She had been Ronin, they saved her, and then she's, like, disappeared. Right. It's a very good question. Um, Guys, real quickly, got to talk. Um, uh, by the way, uh, talking about Bendis and, and talking about the Avengers, um, you know, Red Hulk Seven coming minutes. into the Avengers. Red Hulk is joining the Avengers. Is that just General Ross joining the Avengers? It is, but but here's right. the thing: Are you reading the Hulk books? I'm not, but I'm reading the, all the Avengers books. I know you told me. Oh, they've been. And, and, I'm, and now I'm going to tell the Red them. Hulk is and now I'm going to shut up. Now I'm going to tell them. The Red okay. Hulk. Everyone hated that. Okay. Yeah. We all hated. You that shut up too, and let me have my piece on this. Um, okay, yeah, three minutes for peace. Dude, I'll take the time I want. And shut the fuck up. So anyway, look. Oh, Ian's game. Look, Greg Pak <laughs> was doing a great job in the Incredible Hulk book. Um, you know, they got to the end of, you know, World War Hulk. Then suddenly, you know, Turkey's Bruce is gone, thing. and they go with this Hulk book, and we have a Red Hulk. First issue, two, like, okay, what is this? Several issues go by, and it's dragging, and thinking, I don't That's know what the Jeff Loeb is doing. I jumped off that That's where a lot of people jumped off. Even I, I went from this to one of my favorite books to one of my least favorite. What's going on? Let's keep buying. And then, suddenly, you know, I mean, I think it was around when he brought X-Force in. It was around, like, issue like 10, 11. It suddenly got good. Because you got the sense that there was really this conspiracy going on and they were going somewhere. You stop being annoyed that they were dragging out forever who he is. You know, if you stop paying attention to that. And it suddenly looked good. And Pack, they took over Incredible Hulk. They started publishing that book again that way. And you had Banner out and about. Basically what they did is they had done, you know, 12 issues of Scar, his unknown offspring. Yeah. And they brought him into the book. And then Incredible Hulk book got fantastic. And meanwhile, the Jeff Loeb Hulk book... Got really, really good too. I know you weren't reading it, and ultimately with World War um, Hulks, they brought it together. It was a great story. Then they did some tie-ins that sucked, but the great story was still because everyone hulked out and it was like whatever. It, just, it didn't matter, you know. And yet, then when I went back to the great story again, it was really phenomenal. All this coming together with the last two issues being so fucking awesome. The the um, last Jeff Loeb issue of uh, Hulk, and then the last issue of Incredible Hulk were so good, so emotional, where you find out that General Ross is the Red Hulk, that Betty is the Red She-Hulk, um, that the Green Hulk kicks the shit out of the Red Hulk, okay? Th- this great moment where Bruce is going to walk away from the kid and realizes it's exactly the moment that he had with, you know, his own father, and the kid had wanted to kill the Hulk, and now he changed back to a regular-sized kid, and this bonding. And then the book metamorphosizes into the Incredible Hulks, because now it's Bruce running it, 
but it's like Bruce, he's back to that canny, smart, crafty, you know, Peter David era, you know, Hulk that, you know, he's just, you know, he's sly and mm-hmm. all that. And he's a team of, it, it's, he has, you know, the seemingly silly A-bomb, which is Rick Jones, right. as like a new abomination, but it's actually great. Um, you have Jen Walters as the She-Hulk, you have the Red She-Hulk. They put the Red Hulk down and locked him up after Bruce just gave him the beating of his life. And Bruce brought Steve Rogers in to say, okay, basically, look, it basically showed that, you know, he can't go back to General Ross because General Ross died and, you know, and had this great, he had this great moment of, you know, uh, this funeral and he was a hero. And for all the things Red Hulk did, it would be such, you know, such disgrace that he's basically trapped as a Hulk now. So, yeah, it's exactly what do we do with him, and that's leading into him being a part of the Avengers. I'll watch that. I'll read um, that shit. Yeah, okay. and, and actually, in, in the Red Hulk book, he gets sent on a mission before he's in the Avengers, and Iron Man doesn't know he's actually a good guy, and instantly, it's Iron Man just attacks him mm-hmm. full-on, holding nothing back. That's worth reading? That's worth reading. That, that's really good, and, and leading to the Avengers. But, dude, and the Incredible Hulk's book is so good, because he has, he has another kid, who's uh, Hirokala, who they've been some Son of Hulk miniseries, he's coming now to like, kill everyone, destroy everything. The issue that came out this week is basically the Hulk and his team take on the secret Avengers, you know, and, and it's a beating. And there's a great fucking moment where it's basically like he's stopping them from going after, you know, Hirokala's <laughs> bringing this planet in, you know, and, and everyone, the government's freaking out that he's going to destroy the world. And basically Hulk turns it to Bruce, looks Captain America, well, Steve Rogers right in the eye and goes... You can't go. You can't deal with him. I have to do it because why? Because it's really simple. If you go, he's gonna kill you, or you're gonna kill him, and then I'm gonna kill you. Nice. Flat out, it's like awesome. you kill my son, I'm gonna kill you. Is that even a question? I mean, it basically ends with the president and Steve Rogers going, "Let the Hulks do it." Nice. You know, and Hulk going with his whole team out into space. During that time, I drew a picture of a windmill and a knight charging it, Don Quixote style, with a lance. Because you're saying I'm tilting at windmills here. What do you think? That yeah. Well I don't think you should read into it that much. Um, guys. Uh, you have a minute for video games. We got to talk. Uh, we don't really have too many video games to talk about. I played through The Sacrifice. Those guys, the Left 4 Dead guys. So are that's it. No more comics? Zombies. No, we only have a minute left of the show, Ian. Cuts me short on comics um, every fucking time. Let's talk more about your ZombieCon. next time. Yeah. <laughs> ZombieCon, you know, you have it at the end of this month. If you guys want to talk to the Left 4 Dead guys, you got to get there. Um, the Sacrifice was fun. It was the DLC that came out last week where uh, one of the characters sacrifices themselves. I played through it with Jim Pelgrinelli. Um, I can't get enough of that game. But this week, what's coming up, the big thing that's coming up is uh, Fallout New Vegas. I mean, you guys who love Fallout 3 and all these, we're going to talk Fallout New Vegas next week. On the show, which is actually Gilmore. I gotta tell you, our Halloween episode. So oh, you gotta snap. come in costume. We gotta get Ben done over here in costume. And you know what? Maybe I'll have a little costume on. Uh, Ian, what are you doing for Halloween? I'm not sure yet. Dress up in a costume? I probably will, yeah. Okay. I usually do. Okay. What'd you dress up as last week? Last year? I don't remember. Oh, shit. They blend together. Oh, wait, wait. No, no. I think I was I was a sorcerer. I had a, like a cloak and. I had a, I had a good did time you, did Halloween you, last did year. Did you sorcerer anybody into the bedroom? Dude, that's personal. Okay. Okay, we get personal. But yes. That means no. Okay. No, actually, it means yes. For dudes, oh, that shit. means no. Shit. No, for you, like that you means no. see my crystal no. ball sack. I actually, <laughs> no, I, yeah. Use that line, is what he's implying. Guys, I uh, didn't. we're on Facebook, but Twitter, YouTube. Just search for uh, those URLs slash geekscape.net. Search for Geekscape on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can find us at geekscape.net every single day with new content, this podcast, and uh, tons of new articles. So... I'd be checking the site if I were you. Next week is our Halloween episode. We'll be talking about all sorts of stuff right before ZombieCon. And Ian Kerner, of course, who we'll have back hopefully once a month. But I got married. Um, Ian, you're always great to have on the show. We need to have double episodes with this guy now. We have to have like a a tape on hand Mm -hmm. waiting. Just throw the new tape on and keep going. We know there's a, that, that rumor about the ghost in, in Ghostbusters 3, but what about coming back as a zombie in Zombieland 2? Oh, well, that's, uh, you know, I enjoyed that guy a lot. That was a, that was a nice group of people. That was a great director. And Woody, I've worked with a couple times. He's a blast. And Emma is, uh, you know, that was really, really funny. I really liked him a lot. 
She's very um, talented, and she made me laugh every time I was dead. It's nice. So if they asked you to come back as a zombie or your character, you'd be good? Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that. You know, when you're a zombie, you're nothing but full of manners, you know? 